On this episode of the Catholic Echo podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we're talking about our cathedral renovations with Bishop David Bonner, Monsignor Robert Siffrin, and Monsignor David Rhodes. Find more about this episode's topic, including articles from the Catholic Echo at catholicecho.org podcast. And now, the host of the Catholic Echo podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. With me again is Bishop David Bonner. Welcome to our show. Thank you so much, Father Corda. A few months ago, we celebrated what we called the dedication of the newly renovated Cathedral of St. Columba. The cathedral has been in existence for a long time. And the past 60-some years, we've celebrated this present cathedral. It's actually the fourth cathedral, or the fourth St. Columba Church within the Diocese of Youngstown since 1847. So we want to talk primarily about why the need for renovation now and what kind of precipitated that. If you could just share some of your thoughts about that. Yes, you know... One of my favorite images of the church comes from my pastoral experience as a pastor in Pittsburgh. I was in a beautiful church, but the church, when I arrived, was in disrepair. There was scaffolding, there was water coming through the roof, and so probably of the 11 years that I was there, eight years, there was always scaffolding. Mm. And the, the image of that scaffolding conveyed to me that the church is always under repair. It's always in need of restoration. Uh, not just the physical structure, but the church body itself. So what inspired this was not, there was nothing precipitous to this. It was a matter of just coming into the diocese and, and looking at the, the landscape and talking to my inner circle and then forming a committee. And this was a committee that worked very hard under the direction of Monsignor Robert Siffrin, the, the rector, along with Father Jack Lavelle and Father Michael Bolish and a handful of other people. They came up with these recommendations, and I think the finished product is absolutely magnificent. Mm -hmm. It really is, and I think for the folks that are with us, if they get an opportunity to visit St. Columba, that would be a wonderful way for them to actually see the cathedral in shining splendor. You know, it's really typical of the area that we live in. It's a combination of stone, steel, and glass. And it's very modern, very Romanesque, and yet it accommodates the beauty of the worship. And oftentimes when we go into a cathedral or a church, we're just mesmerized by everything that we see. And our focus is not always on the altar and the ambo and the things that are actually happening during the Mass. So I think it's important for us to understand that. But the cathedral that makes it a cathedral is really the bishop's chair. That's the Latin word cathedra. Let's talk about that because that was one of the reasons why I think the cathedral is renovated is to have a proper chair for the bishop's seat. One of my observations coming in was that that was a weakness mm -hmm. in the sanctuary. And, and this is not about me personally, but it's about the office of bishop. Mm -hmm. And so in most cathedrals, virtually in all cathedrals, there is a cathedra, and what's prominent there is the bishop's coat of arms, mm -hmm. which clearly identifies that cathedra with that person of the bishop and the office therein. And that did not exist here. The, the coat of arms was out in the vestibule. 
up above the door. And so it almost looked just like another chair that blended into the sanctuary. So what I suggested was there were four side altars inside the sanctuary itself, which have not been used in years. They were made of marble. And I asked, is there a way that we can repurpose that marble and make a catheter out of that marble? And that is, in fact, what transpired. You know, oftentimes when churches or basilicas or cathedrals are renovated, they try to use those existing elements in other ways. And so I really applaud the efforts of the diocese to repurpose and refashion uh, some of those elements. And I think one of the other elements that was used is the old cathedra that was really transformed into a, a canter stand that really looks amazing in the spot and matches everything else in the surroundings. There are similar traits in every cathedral that mark it as the bishop's church. And one thing that I find beautiful in our cathedral are the windows. The windows are of the 12 apostles and also of St. Paul and the Blessed Mother. Why is it significant in the bishop's church that we have those representatives in the windows? Well, first of all, Mary is Jesus' great gift to the church. You know, there on the cross, he said to the disciple whom he loved, there is your mother, and he said to her, there is your son. And so Mary is a great patroness and, and an intercessor for all Catholics. But there's a special bond that I think that every priest shares with Mary. I think as far as the apostles go, there's the whole element of apostolic succession. Mm -hmm. Just a few days ago, someone sent to me my apostolic lineage. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like the family tree sure. of my episcopacy. Going back, it includes Archbishop Schnur mm -hmm. and the two co-consecrators, Bishop Zubik and Bishop Bradley. And then it goes back to who ordained them and, and who ordained them. It's an interesting thing, but that's the whole idea of apostolic succession. The other thing that's peculiar to our cathedral is the giant glass mosaic that's there that has Mary depicted in heroic size, but then surrounded not only by the angels, but also by the saints, which really are depicting the various ethnic roots of the Diocese of Youngstown. And so when someone enters the cathedral, it's almost like everyone's there as an immigrant, is gathered around the altar from all corners of the world. Why is that really significant for us to understand the global and universality of who we are as Catholics? Well, Catholic means universal. It means broad, all-encompassing. And so Pope Francis, in the joy of the gospel, speaks about how the joy of the gospel is for everyone. No one is to be denied the joy of the gospel. Whatever ethnic group, whatever color of one's skin, whatever language they speak, we're all worthy of hearing the gospel. And so when we walk into that cathedral and just gaze up at that beautiful mosaic, it's almost as if we are in being embraced by Mary and by the saints. And in that embrace, we are embraced together. We are one. What lies ahead for the cathedral? Are there any other things that are planned in any renovation or any future plans for the cathedral itself? So we're still waiting for the altar top. The altar is not the standard size. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a new floor there. We had to put steel reinforcements. That's kind of the final piece to this phase. But looking ahead, I think we need to ask ourselves, what about a baptistry? Where would a baptismal font go? That's an important piece in any sanctuary or 
in any church. So I think that's something for us to entertain is down the road. I know in our subsequent segment, we're going to talk with somebody who was intimately involved with the day-to-day operations of overseeing the transformation and the renovation. And then finally, our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of cathedrals and why they're significant for us as Catholics. But Bishop, thank you for being with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that the Catholic Echo magazine is delivered 10 times per year to 52,000 Catholic households in Northeastern Ohio? That's more than 150,000 people. And the Catholic Echo website, catholicecho.org, has been averaging 30,000 views per month since it launched in February 2023. Advertise your business, special event, or service with the Catholic Echo in print or online. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. Advertising discounts are available for Catholic institutions, as well as for businesses that commit to five or ten issues in a year. Email catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org or visit the Advertising tab at catholicecho.org for more information. Wondering what happened to timely Catholic news in the Diocese of Youngstown? It's at catholicecho.org. There you'll find recent stories about Catholic life in all six counties of the Diocese of Youngstown, plus recent videos, podcasts, and even national and global news. You'll find it all at catholicecho.org. Sign up for the email newsletter while you're there to have Catholic news delivered to your inbox. Joining me is Monsignor Robert Siffrin, who is the rector of St. Columbus Cathedral. Welcome to our show. Thank you very much. Good to be with you. You know, we know that on December uh, 23rd of this past year, we had a celebration honoring the renovation, the newly renovated sanctuary of St. Columbus Cathedral. We're going to talk a little bit more about what went on and what was involved in preparation for the renovation of the cathedral. But before we do that, we know that many things happened to the cathedral in the last several years. Many of those things were internal, where people really couldn't see them. And then there was a big overhaul of the outside of the cathedral. Let's talk about both of those, if we can. As a result of our last capital campaign, three issues in the church were repaired. The roof was replaced, the tower was repaired, and all the windows completely re-strengthened and refashioned and cleaned. That was the first phase. Second phase, as you mentioned, was the repair of the exterior of the cathedral. About 270 stone slabs had to be replaced. The sidewalks were upgraded, lighting was provided, and things were cleaned around the exterior of the church. So that brings us up to the current new phase. Before we talk about that, let's talk about the need to renovate, to maintain, to update. You are involved and have been over the years with planning, with church institutions and involvement and renovation. Why is it important for us to maintain the buildings that we have and that we use? Two factors. One is responsible stewardship, and another is the respect and love of the church. We need to use the resources the people of God entrust to us well. And when we show them how we use the gifts that they entrust to us, 
with study, with reason, with prioritizing, and how we use their gifts well with bidding projects, using the lowest and the best bids that come in. And then, of course, the simple love of the church. Nothing encourages us to love the Lord more and each other than to keep the house of God in wonderful, pristine, beautiful shape. And of course, if we have pride in our own homes, our own personal homes, we do that on a daily basis. We clean them, we maintain them, we update them, and that is good stewardship, as you had mentioned, but it's also good for the community as a whole. Let's now talk about some of those renovations that took place this past year before the celebration, and why did they take place? First of all, Bishop Bonner asked me to establish a committee to study, examine, prioritize the cathedral. That started two years ago, and we began looking at some of the issues that we've always wanted to do. Two architects came in and gave us some advice, and then Penningers in Cleveland became one of the best advisors and implementers for our committee. And so we began a year and a half ago cleaning the the actual floor of the whole church and then beginning to look at what do we need to do and how do we do it in a reasonable fashion to upgrade the sanctuary. And of course, we know that the cathedral was dedicated in 1958, so we're talking 66 years of use and wear and tear. And so after those many decades, it's important for us to maintain, to update, and also to renovate the space that our ancestors really provided for us. So let's talk about some of those specifics that happened within the sanctuary of St. Columba Cathedral. For people familiar with St. Columba Cathedral, two items in our renovation would stand out beautifully. First of all, the new cathedra, the chair from which the bishop presides and leads us in worship. Secondly, behind it, the whole mosaic has been opened up, it's been cleaned and refashioned and repaired, and the lighting that exposes the beautiful parts of that panoply of saints is so clear and visible, kind of inviting us into the worship of heaven with all the angels and saints. Let's talk a little bit more about that mosaic. It's really made up of a mosaic of satin glass. It's unique, it's special, and it was created primarily for us here in the Diocese of Youngstown talking about our various ethnic roots. Let's talk about that, why that's important for us to celebrate. Yes, the mosaic depicts the saints of various nations from which people migrated to come into the valley. And uh, it kind of ties us into the whole communion of saints. It's a very important part of our life of faith, that we're united with the Lord and with his angels and saints in heaven, especially when we worship. So we have St. Cyril Methodius. We have Martin de Poor, St. Thomas More, St. Louis, St. Patrick, and we can go on. It's a wonderful panoply of the patron saints of the nations from which our ancestors came. And of course, as people enter into the cathedral and see the beauty and the simplicity and the splendor of the new marble perdilla that I would call it, the steps, Mm -hmm. what went on to prepare for that? Because there were some things that needed to take place structurally in order to have such a beautiful sanctuary. In preparing to raise the height of the altar with another piece of marble, We recognized that the weight that the altar would place on the structure was more than we thought was safe. So the whole platform of the steps that surround the altar and the cathedral were taken out and rebuilt. And in doing so, steel rods were placed from one beam to the next, which assures that we have plenty of support 
for the sanctuary. And I know one of the things that was mainly done to create the bishop's new chair or cathedra was to disassemble the side altars. Yes. When the cathedral was built before the liturgical reforms of the Vatican Council, priests were strongly encouraged to say daily mass, but we didn't con celebrate. So many priests would say a private mass in the morning before their day began, so there were six side altars, four of which you couldn't see because of the partitions each side of the sanctuary. So to open that up, the altars were removed, the venting needed to be repaired, floor needed to be replaced, but it will make large celebrations in the cathedral much more beautiful and accessible because what's called the presbyterium, where the clergy gather, is now so much more open. But Bishop Bonner, in his wisdom, didn't waste any of the material we had and used much of that marble in the construction of the new cathedra. And then replacing the old cathedra, part of it's used in the base of the new lectern, then matches the altar, the ambo. And there is a, another piece, and you had alluded to it, that's going on to the altar eventually. That is going to beautify, but also elevate the altar a bit. Briefly talk about that. Yes, the height of our current altar is adequate, but it's a little lower than the average altar. So this addition of a three-inch mensa, or top piece of marble, will accentuate the altar and also make it a little easier for taller people to celebrate. For the folks that haven't seen St. Columba Cathedral in a long time, what do you expect and what can you share with them as they enter the cathedral again? If you haven't been in St. Columba Cathedral for a number of years, walking in and seeing the display of faith that simply moves out to us from the mosaic and from the sanctuary, it's breathtaking. Obviously, during the day when the sun is out, the cathedral is just full of color. And in the evening, with the enhanced lighting, we don't lose that sense of the dignity and beauty of our sanctuary. Well, we certainly are very fortunate here in the Diocese of Youngstown to have such a beautiful structure, Romanesque in influence, stone, steel, and glass, all built primarily and mainly for the glory of God. Thank you for your leadership as rector of St. Columba Cathedral, but also overseeing the renovation and seeing it through to its final stages. So thank you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The new Catholic Echo podcast will inform and entertain the faithful of the diocese by discussing various topics that are relevant in the church today. Bishop David J. Bonner begins the podcast with your host, Father Jim Corda, on the topic of the day. And then you'll want to hear from those with expertise on that topic. You can listen to the Catholic Echo podcast on WHOTFM 101, WYFM, FM 102.9, WQXKFM 105.1 on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. or catch it online by going to catholicecho.org slash podcast. The Catholic Echo podcast is produced by the Communications Department of the Diocese of Youngstown. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas.
welcome back to our show. Joining me is Father David Rose, who is Pastor Emeritus of St. Christine Church in Youngstown. We're going to talk about the history of cathedrals. We spent our first a segment talking about the renovation of St. Columba Cathedral here in the Diocese of Youngstown. Our last segment, Monsignor Sifrin was with us as the rector of the cathedral talking about nuts and bolts of what went on in the actual renovation that we celebrated this past December 23rd. What we want to talk about now is more historical, more related to why we have a cathedral in the first place. So if you could explain that term for us. Oh, gladly. The word cathedral comes from the Greek and the Latin word cathedra, C-A-T-H-E-D-R-A, and it means a chair. Because in the ancient world, and in the Bible as well, a chair was a symbol of authority and a symbol of especially teaching, of learning, the authority of teaching. And if we go to the Bible, for example, to Matthew's Gospel, to the Sermon on the Mount, uh, it says Jesus went up the mountain and he sat down to teach. That gesture of sitting on a chair was very important in universities even to this day. We speak of the chair of liberal arts or the chair of this or that subject. So the chair becomes a symbol through history of authority and especially teaching authority. So the bishop, who is the chief shepherd of a diocese, the chief pastor of a diocese, especially in his authority as the chief teacher of the faith and preserver of the faith, is the symbol of his authority, is a church with a chair in it, which becomes the bishop's chair and a symbol of his leadership. It's the only church in a diocese that we call a cathedral, and it's because of the role that the bishop plays and has in that particular church. Many people think when you say the word cathedral, they'll think of some large, imposing church, and cathedrals usually are that. But that's not what a cathedral means to us Catholics. It means the church from which the bishop presides and leads as chief shepherd of the diocese. And let's talk primarily about the bishop's role, the bishop's role as the successor of the apostles and his teaching and governing role. Well, his chief role is as a teacher and his sacramental role of leadership and, of course, his role in, in the governance of the church. So the cathedral becomes, as I said, the church from which he presides and does that. Now, if you go into any church and you see a large imposing chair, and usually with a bishop's coat of arms on it, you know right away you're not in any ordinary church, but you're in the church that uh, the bishop leads from. And of course, here in the Diocese of Youngstown, that was newly celebrated and commemorated this past December when we kind of really signified the new chair that Bishop Bonner had installed uh, made up of side altars that were initially used for private masses that priests said prior to Vatican II. That whole sense of the cathedral is the bishop's church and how important for us to understand that he is the local pastor, not only of that church, but of the diocese. Let's talk about that role of pastor and what does that mean? Of course, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. The word pastor is the Latin word for shepherd. 
And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, in Latin it's ego sum bonus pastor. I'm the good pastor, the good shepherd. We as priests, of course, all share in that role of Jesus as part of sharing in his priesthood, but we also share that role with the bishop. But as bishop, he is the first among all us pastors, all of us priests, because he's been ordained through holy orders for that role of leadership. And in fact, it's interesting that at the installation of a bishop, when he's ordained a bishop, as Bishop Bonner was here at St. Columba, and then when he is installed as our bishop, the defining moment is when he is led to the chair. Mm -hmm. And he is seated upon the chair, and that's what is the uh, defining moment of his installation as bishop. Let's talk a little bit now of this present cathedral of St. Columba. Uh, We know that this is really the fourth cathedral in our diocese. The first was built in 1851. Ten years later, approximately 1864, was the second cathedral. And then in 1897, 30 years later, a big Gothic structure was built. And that subsequently was destroyed by fire in 1954, and then a new cathedral, the present cathedral, built in 1958. I was only a year old when the third cathedral burnt to the ground. You were probably about 14 or 15 at the time. Do you recall anything or anything from your parents that where you talked about the burning of St. Columba Cathedral and the erection of the new one? Well, I remember it very well because a couple of days after it burned, maybe the day after, I don't remember exactly, that was the year I entered the seminary as a high school student in the sophomore year of high school. And we had to come here to Youngstown to meet the bishop, who was Bishop Walsh. And I remember very vividly walking into the cathedral hall and seeing the destroyed cathedral. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's etched in my memory. And then I remember well the dedication of the present cathedral because I was in the seminary then and all of us had to come home and we sang at the dedication of the cathedral of St. Columba. It was a very memorable time in, in my life and in my years in the seminary. Let's talk of St. Columba. We know that the church itself of St. Columba began in 1847, but it was named the cathedral in 1943 when the Diocese of Youngstown started. But St. Columba was really the first Catholic Church in Youngstown and in all Mahoning County. And so it makes it significant that this is the mother church, not only for the diocese, but for the county itself. And let's talk briefly about St. Columba, an Irish monk, missionary, who spread the word in Scotland and Ireland. Why is it so important, and what do you think was the reason behind having him as the patron of... As I understand it, the first settlers of Youngstown, and particularly of the cathedral, were predominantly Irish of Irish descent. So I'm assuming that they wanted to pick a saint who resonated with their ethnicity. And it's interesting in the cathedral, the front window, beautiful stained glass window, are all the various symbols from the life of St. Columba, including the purple cat. If anybody comes to the cathedral, don't miss seeing that window. It's quite beautiful. One final thought about the cathedral, not only here in the Diocese of Youngstown, but cathedrals around the world, why we celebrate them today. 
First of all, there's usually very beautiful places. We think of some of the magnificent cathedrals in Europe, especially, or here in our own country, places like St. Patrick's Cathedral or the beautiful new cathedral in Los Angeles. So they're places of beauty, but they, of course, again, through the bishop, are symbols of our unity with one another in and through the bishop who presides from this special church and this special chair. Father David Rhodes, thank you for your presence on our show today, and thank you for being with us. For more information, you can go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day, and may God be with you.